Hey, my name is Sheldon March. Welcome to Wild. Hey guys, it's me, Sheldon March. I'm back again with my main man, Liam, sat right across from me. Liam, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Sheldon. Thanks for having me back. It's been a little while in between drinks, but I'm glad that you've all joined us again for another episode of The Wild Podcast, or it might be your very first time joining us. If you are, if, if this is your very, uh, your very first time joining us, oh my gosh, do I have a treat for you. You're so lucky, because you are... At the most incredible podcast that has ever been created. Am I right, Liam? They're very strong words, but I think that based off our prior performance, you've got to back that up, surely. And I think that we can. So let me tell you how I can back this up. Um, I am the drummer of the incredible Brisbane-based band, The Nish. Liam is the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist of that very same band, The Nish. Our first single, Fake Friends, is launching July 10th. Uh, the Wild Podcast is just a way for Liam and I to kind of get our creative juices flowing. It's got a very fun, atmospheric atmosphere. And we just like to have some fun in these in these rooms, man. Mm. Uh, we've got our other podcast, The Niche Podcast. Uh, we like to interview a whole bunch of Australian and international artists. If you haven't given that a listen, I'll pop the description in the description of this podcast. Um, I'll pop the link. And I'll uh, give it a shot. But until then, you're in for a wild ride, my good friend. So, Liam, thanks for joining us. We haven't been... We, we, haven't, we haven't done an episode of Wild in so long. Yeah, it's it been quite a while. Yeah, it does. I think the Wild... So, as Sheldon said, the band itself has its own podcast called the Niche Podcast, where we, we basically try and document our journey as a band. And we try and learn from other artists and industry professionals about the tips and tricks to get ahead in the music industry. So if you're a young musician or you're in a band yourself, go definitely it's, go check it out because it's turning into a fantastic resource for young bands to actually work out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. But I really enjoy being on the Wild podcast because we can kind of let loose a little bit. We can relax and just talk some utter, utter bollocks. Yeah, bollocks. <laughs> utter bollocks. Bollocks. And it's a lot more... It's a lot more relaxed and fun. So thank you. Out of anywhere on the internet you could be, you're with us for this these next thirty minutes. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, and it'll it'll be worthwhile. And it's been it's been really interesting. You know, we've um, you know, we've kind of really started advertising the band in a very very serious way, mm. and we've been able to meet some cool people. And the Niche Podcast has actually opened my eyes to um, you know, it's a lot tougher than I thought it would be to to kind of get your name out there. You know, I think everybody is incredibly incredibly grateful to have a bit of a platform to be able to share their stories and yeah. be able to you know share their personalities i mean we've had um you know we've had a couple of guests on there at the moment who would you say is your favorite oh man there's been so many i wouldn't be able to narrow it down because um oh so i put out a, a call out for brisbane bands and artists to come on the podcast and i thought you know i might have two or three but my phone literally did not stop buzzing for a good three hours. And I had about 107 notifications on everything of just bands and artists and musicians saying, oh, this looks awesome. So I think it's really, it struck a chord. And uh, oh, those those conversations have been fantastic. What's been really interesting is that so many of them have said the same things when it comes to what's worked for them and what hasn't. So there's definitely been some patterns that have been emerging. So that's been great to actually 
converse with these other fellow bands and network at the same time. Well, what sort of patterns would you say you've, you've noticed in terms of people saying things that haven't worked for them? Haven't. 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 I think pay to play has been something that I've been warned about several times. Pay to play being? So basically to get on a blog, to get on a radio show, to get interviewed, you pay upwards of 30 bucks, 100 bucks, $500, depending on what you're getting. And usually this doesn't actually create, like you may get some short-term numbers, some spikes, but those people don't stay because they've just, you've just paid to play it or some person on the other side of the world is just spamming the refresh button. Yeah, and as soon as you stop paying, you just kind of disappear. Yes. Honestly, man, it's um, I do, I I don't know. I don't know if it's got any benefits. I mean, to the to the, you know, to the rational mind, you would think to yourself, oh, you know, it doesn't make any sense because we're not getting real exposure. We're not getting true fans. We're just getting, we you know, we're just having some numbers increase. Um, but then on the other hand, I also think to myself, you know, if you could just reach one person, they they might become mm. a fan and. You know, you might slowly grow these little clusters of, of people. But, I mean, I don't really think that's ever happened. I'm, I'm sure that's a one in a thousand case. I'm thinking back to the bands that I absolutely love and adore. And I don't think there's been any that I've discovered through a paid ad. You know, when you get the little brackets on the video that you're watching and it says sponsored. I don't think any that's ever worked on me. Now, there was this... If, if I can just, you know, go off of that. There was this one rap video that I saw just scrolling through YouTube and it was this twat who had, you know, made this rap song and he filmed the music video in this really nice house in Melbourne driving Mm. his dad's car and he sponsored it to have it like pushed out to all of Australia. And it was so obvious that it was just this kid who was rich. He's probably about 21. He made this awful song. I still remember the chorus. It went, shoddy, I don't want you. Shoddy, I don't need you. Catch me on the corner. Cafe playing FIFA. Uh, and it's it's literally him in this incredible house that's obviously his dad's. Hmm. Um, the reason I I knew that it was his and his dad's because he was wearing a South African um, rugby t shirt, and in the house that he was um, that he was it was, was like filming in, it was like a South African flag in the one corner and the same style of t shirt framed up in the corner of the bedroom. So it was obviously his dad's, and his dad's obviously a very rich man. And I was watching this, and I was just like, fucker. Like nobody wants to know about your stupid shit, man. Yeah. And the the actual the actual music video was him walking around. He had a bottle of um, Ciroc vodka in his hand and he was throwing it in his pool. He was throwing it in his pool while he was like rapping and like moving his body. And I was like, "There's not a there's probably three teenage boys that will watch this and go, fucking yeah, <laughs> that guy's so cool. I wish oh, I was yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's living life." He's living life in such a strong, <laughs> powerful way. And it's like, nah, man, like people, people don't give a shit. Um, the only way that, that you're going to be able to get anywhere is, is through organic, man. Nobody wants to have any, any piece of content shoved in their face. It's always suspicious. I knew a girl and um, I think her parents were in the industry and uh, she seemed to be having a lot of success. Like when I was looking at her socials, she had ridiculous amounts of likes and follows and she'd only released, like, it was her second song ever and she had like 200,000 followers. And I was like, man, she's really plugged the gap in the market or she's done really well. 
But then you went onto her Facebook and all of her posts had no engagement at all. So she would post something quite sizable and it would have no likes, no comments. That's always a big red flag for me when you see bands and they've got 100k followers or even more, but they don't have actually any engagement from their community. I think that's a big red flag that they've just paid for those followers or paid for those likes and numbers. And I mean, sure, I've been tempted to do that as well as a band. like you put so much money and so much energy and passion into the band. You want it to do well. Of course, that's the dream. And you see a guy who's like, oh, give me X amount of dollars and you'll get um, Instagram or Spotify plays or whatever it is. And those shortcuts are very, very tempting for a young band. 100%. 100%. And the problem with that is just as you say, you know, you would you would think to yourself, if I had this many followers, people would look at my band and think, you know, they've made it. But there's such a big disconnect between engagement and just the in- amount of followers that people see on yeah. the screen. I mean, did you hear about that, about that influencer who had, I think, 1.3 or 4.2 or 3.6, something, it was in the millions of followers on wow. Instagram. And she released a t-shirt or she had, um, you know, joined a company. They asked her to just sell a hundred t-shirts, you know, on her behalf. And she pushed and she pushed. She made a post about it, stories, all that sort of shit. And she, I think she ended up selling like 14 to 1.6. Let's say, let's say it's the, the minimum, dude. Let's say a million followers. I knew, I know it was in the millions because it was, it was a huge, big story. But that's, that's what it is. This girl had, and they were not bought followers. They were just people who followed her, but couldn't really give a shit because they were just like nobodies. Mm. And um, they're just like, oh, yeah, it's easy to active. And, um, you know, she just that the amount of followers just did not translate. So what do you think is going to be the key to our success, Sheldon? Should we pay a dodgy guy millions to become a millionaire ourselves? Uh, No way, man. I mean, to be to be to be fair, if if we had millions of dollars to spare, I'm sure if you paid a million dollars, you would get enough exposure. I'm sure if you had if you had like twenty ads in front of every single person in the world, even people in like Kazakhstan, I'm sure you'd become huge because you would you would literally have enough people who would go, eh, I like them a little. I think there's, yeah, I think if you had X amount of dollars, you could just buy yourself a career. There's always those conspiracy theories that some of our biggest acts are just like pawns for the music industry. Pawns as in PA, as in the, the chef. Yeah, I'm Not aware. Chess. Yeah, yeah. Fucking chef. I got my CH words mixed up. Uh, just in case, I know you don't... Chefs. I know English is your second language. So, um, <laughs> like, there's been a few. There's Taylor Swift has that. And who's the guy? Khalid. Also has that another one. Oh no, Khalid, thing. not DJ Khalid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does the guy that goes. Can we just talk? You know that that song? Yeah. Well, Khalid, are you talking about DJ Khalid or Khalid? Khalid, like, the black what, guy. Yeah. What do I think about them? There's a well. There's a conspiracy theory that he's no, I know. just made by the industry. Okay, well, there's a lot that supports that sort of stuff. Let's say, you know, let's take somebody like Post Malone. Post mm. Malone tried in a variety of ways to get big. He did um, country and western. He did more poppy stuff. Until eventually, he just started rapping. And then he became super tattooed. Like, his image and his, per- and his persona 
was very uniquely changed as soon as he became famous. Same with Taylor Swift. Well, not necessarily the same with Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift's rise to success. Um, what I don't like about her is that people always think that Taylor Swift came from this small little country town and she used to play in, you know, malls. And she was, you know, this, this humble little girl next door that just her music just blew up. Her dad was a millionaire. You know about this. Her dad was a millionaire who bought like 30 or 40% shares in a huge record label with the intention of getting her signed. Mm. She literally got famous because of money. Yeah. So it happens, dude. I mean, I'm not sure if you've ever heard about this, but um, Justin Bieber and Dead Mouse they got into an argument. And it was all about music integrity. And Dead Mouse called Justin Bieber a meat puppet. He was like, that's all you are. You're an absolute meat puppet. You make lots of money for different people by just singing what they tell you to sing. You don't write your own music. Other people, because if you think about it, it is true. You know, somebody like Justin Bieber, you know, he's got the face, he's got the, the, the voice, you know, all you need is... 40 songwriters try to song for him and you're guaranteed to make two million dollars each it's like of course i would do it you know if i was if i was a record producer but yeah that's the thing is like where's the where's the integrity man yeah it's hard there's a video sometimes that gets on my feed i don't even know what it is but there's this like rapper looks like the tiger king and uh, he says, like, man, I got so many streams. I got so many of this, blah, blah, blah. I got more streams. Yeah, my song's number two, which not number one. And basically he's saying that even though he's got a massive fan base and he gets all these streams and likes and stuff for his song, it's under songs from the industry in the charts that have less streams. Yeah. So, like, there's a new Nicki Minaj song which flopped that no one liked. And but it's still but like it number magically one. is number one, yeah. even though he went deep into the algorithm and saw that his song actually had more plays and more streams and likes and things like that. But on the surface, Nicki Minaj is number one. Are you talking about Riff Raff? Maybe. Yeah, Riff Raff. Looks like Tiger King. Well, I, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that that's who you're talking about. Let me show you a photo of him quick. Riff Raff. He looks like a fatter, older Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just knew it was him. Yeah, uh, dude, his yeah. his his music was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. He's got, but to be fair, his his music is pretty awful. He's not very uh, marketable, oh, I he's, guess. He's pretty terrible. Um, he <laughs> actually dated Katy Perry, funnily enough, dude. I don't know, like she always dates the weirdest, strangest looking dudes. Yeah, sometimes you got to think about, man, should we try and grow organically or should we be a meat puppet for the industry? Because, like, sometimes um, the top, the nine out of the top ten are industry people. And maybe one of the bands is one of the, that, you know, organically make it. But you got to think about what's the long-term goal? What's the long-term success? Do we want to be a meat puppet? Or do we just want to be a professional musician that's able to do the niche full time? Yeah, I guess that. I guess that that's what it is. Is like, what's your intention? You know, most people become meat puppets because the money's really good. You know, you'll you'll you get told, "Hey, listen, we'll guarantee your success. You'll make two million dollars." You know, but then the problem with that is you start getting very constrained. Um, you know, you start getting like, uh, you know, I, I think you could eventually get to a point where you go you know what, I'm going to sell out. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm still going to be able to make music and sing songs. Yeah. But then eventually, 
I think you're really controlled. You can't stop. Think about what happened with Kesha. Mm. You know, where she's not able to make music anymore unless it's with this particular label. And when she works with this particular label, she has to make music like this. Like, she can't do what she wants to do anymore. Like, yeah, she's made a lot of money. You know, her house is paid off. She's got two or three cars. Like, she doesn't have to worry about money anymore. But, you know, all the passion and all that sort of shit is gone. Mm. You know, she probably makes music alone in her house. And she goes, can't ever release this. Mm. Nobody's allowed to hear it. So, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's tough, man. I don't think it's worth it. But then again, if somebody genuinely had to come to us and say, hey, guys, here's 10 million bucks each. Dude, I'd knife my granny for 10 million dollars. There's in Korea, they have like pop star factories where these girls and boys get uh, chosen when they're like little children and they get sent off to these. Hang on, Sheldon's just grabbing a mint and he's scared that it'll be too loud in the mic. It is too loud. Rattle a little bit more, mate. <laughs> Sorry. So. The, yeah, these little kids get taken away. <laughs> they get basically bred to be a pop star. They do singing and dancing lessons for years upon years. And these groups like Blackpink or BTS, they just get all like made by labels because they'll just take the top uh, four boys from the that cohort and just say, all right, you're now a, a pop group. And, and if, you guys are called this. This is your first single. Yeah, and they do all the dancing. Dance. And stuff. It's like a factory. And uh, if they don't, uh, it, there's been a few stories that ha- about how strict they are with that whole process. And if you're not, if you don't look a certain way, or if you date someone that they don't approve of, or if you get pregnant, or if you put on a few kilograms, that they just <laughs> cut you dead and just send you to the curb, or crusty and homeless. You would be homeless. You'd have your money. You'd literally be. I mean, think about something like something like the girls from Blackpink, right? Their their music videos gets like half a billion views, all of them. I don't know; it's insane. I've never seen anything like it. Um, each of them, I can promise you, has at least ten million dollars in their bank account. If mm. they had to, you know, get a little bit chub jobs and they have to get kicked out, who cares, dude? You've 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 worked for three years. You made a ten yeah. million dollars. Like, who gives a shit? There's worse jobs to have, dude. I used to have to clean spider cages. Spider cages when I was working at a pet store. Do you know how terrifying it is when you have to clean 152 spider, spider cages. cages once every three months? You're saying spider cage like it's, it's something I should know. Shouldn't it be... What do you mean spider... Like a cage? No, no, no. It's like a, a glass... It's a glass cage. So it's not a cage. So what did you have to do with the spider? So you'd have the spider... So I would have one communal <laughs> cage. Okay? Fuck. Yeah. And they, it had peat. P-E-A-T. That's like the little foamy bit of sand that spiders like to crawl into. And then we had 150 different glass cases, each one containing a spider. But after about three months... This is ridiculous. Sounds like a saw trap. Well, spider... To get out of this alive, <laughs> you have to clean 150 spiders. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive. <laughs> Not anymore. And uh, so there was, you know, after about six months or three, three to six months, these spider cages get all webby and all thick with condensation and all that sort of stuff. Because you would just feed a spider like um, water, maybe like a bug every now and then. Okay, but so they, they're pretty self-sustainable. But the problem with this is 
that container gets really webby and really full of condensation. So you can't leave the spider in there. So what I'd have to do, stick my hand in, take him out with my hands, because none of them were poisonous. None of them were... Yeah, none of them could hurt you. Fuck you had to do it. Pour it out, put it into the communal cage, close it, clean out the you know his cage, put new sand in, put new peat in, da, 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 spray it a little bit so it's nice. Get him back out, pop him in, close the lid. Boof, that's, you for, that, that's him for three months. Enjoy! I had to do that with like 150 something. Dude, I used to do that. Do you know how much money I earned there? How much? $7.50 a day. Oof. A day! That sounds like some, that sounds like my fear. My arachnophobia. Yeah. But it was. I don't like spiders, don't like bugs. Besides, but besides that, it was kind of okay. I used to, um, I got into an argument once with, because uh, I used to, they used to sell like, like baby mice for snakes. Yeah. And people would come in and they'd go, can I have three baby mice? And then I'd go, for what? And they'd go, I'm going to feed it to my snake. And I'd go, don't you feel horrible about yourself when you do that? Mm. And they'd go, what are you talking about? It's, it's my snake. And I'd say, yeah, but dude, I mean, that's a terrible thing to do. Why not give it like a sausage or something? <laughs> you know? And uh, my boss actually yelled at me. Because the snake would... <laughs> Swallow it whole. And it is just down. a line of sausages down its body. <laughs> Perfectly. Anyway. It was terrible, man. And then eventually, uh, my boss told me, she was like, you, you have to stop saying that to customers because you're, you know, you work for me. You know, you can't do that. And eventually, I, I stopped doing it. So if, um, if somebody came in and they wanted a mouse, I'd say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Because I didn't want to be the one who picks what mouse is going to live or die that day. Damn. It was awful, man. But besides that, it was a nice job. You know, you get to work with like baby snakes and hamsters and guinea pigs and chinchillas. You know, I read a theory about why spiders are so scary. And apparently, this may be complete bullshit, by the way, but apparently they are the only surviving animal from a historical period that was like so long ago that we can't relate to it anymore so to, to us they seem like alien which is why they're so different from all the other animals is because they were the only survivors from a from like way back so like a lizard was around during the dinosaur period whatever a bird whatever okay but spiders were from even before that like when we were like little fish lung fish coming out of the ocean for the first time going <gasps> You know, they're from that type of period. Yeah. And they're the only surviving kind of animals from that time. And everything else has died away, which may, which to us means they look completely alien and weird because they're the only surviving, like there's nothing else that looks like them. Sounds like a load of shit. <laughs> well, that's why, like, that's why so people, <laughs> that's why they're so unique. There's no other animal. No. That's why they're so scary. Though. Spiders are not more weird than any other creature. Think about it. Dude, think about like a slug. Just a like... spider's got eight legs and like 50 eyes. Dude, a caterpillar's got like a hundred legs and four <laughs> eyes. I'm not talking about the number. <laughs> I'm not, not, not saying the number of legs is what makes it scary. I'm just saying the way they look and the way they crawl and the way they, the, the web, they're, they're, they're like nightmare fuel. They're designed to be scary. I don't mind them that much, but they are pretty, pretty terrifying. Cockroaches are also pretty gross. Cockroaches are just gross because of they're dirty. Well, yeah, because of like the the, the stigmatism around around where they live. Like mm. they like to live in 
dirty old flats and stuff like that. I actually moved into an apartment that I didn't know had a cockroach problem. Did yeah. I tell you about this? No, no. So we, so my girlfriend and I moved to Sydney and we only had one day because we moved from Brisbane. She got a job in Sydney. We had one day that we could go to Sydney, find a place, fly back the next morning. That's what we did. And it was like a Friday afternoon. She still had to like work in that day. Anyways, long story short, we only we could only go look at two places, two or three. Eventually, we found one, pretty nice. We were like, "This is you know, this is it. Let's just let's just get this place." It was in Darlinghurst, like right oh, next right. to King's Cross. And we were like, "It's a nice place. It's a really nice place." And we put the deposit down. We got it. Everybody's happy. We move in. Within about two hours, we find a cockroach dead. Like under the bed, probably about nine centimeters long. Dude, like wow. massive cockroaches. Like these are not the sort of cockroaches that would like steal some crumbs. Like these are sort of the cockroaches that would like steal one of your shoes or something. <laughs> or like, try and try and rob take you at gunpoint. Yeah. your <laughs> men. Well, well, well. Look what we got here, fellas. And they're <laughs> they all like, like walking that. around you in, c- <laughs> in circles. Yeah. Where's he? Yeah. On bicycles. <laughs> and then like eventually they all they all crowd around you in like one direction yeah one of them's got like a chain yeah, listen, see it's gonna go one Bandana. of two ways <laughs> yeah. easy way or the hard way <laughs> you you don't want to know what the hard way is Ugh. we try burrow under your feet because we think it's the fridge <laughs> it was gross dude. It, was, <laughs> it was sick i was like it was just disgusting um and it got to the point where, you know, you would try and do what you could, like get, like, you know, bug the, the bombs, all gas that, bombs, all that gas bomb stuff. And it just wouldn't work because they're so versatile, dude. I mean, they're so, they're so strong as well. They would have a good resume. Yeah, <laughs> they would. They'd be able to get like versatile, adaptable, resilient, can know Microsoft Word. <laughs> great in, great in high pressure situations. <laughs> Imagine I ask him, well, Mr. Cockroach, can you tell us about one time in your past when you really struggled with something but you overcame it and exactly what happened with it? Oh, dude, I hate questions like that during interviews. It's like, oh, gross. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, it was it was disgusting. And I was it, it got to a point where we had paramedics come over the one day because um, I, my, my girlfriend got really bad sunburned, like sunburn. And she thought she was going to die because every sip of water she had, she vomited up. Oh. Like, oh my gosh, you know, this is wrong. And then paramedics came and, uh, you know, just checked this out. And while they were working on it, like three cockroaches just... <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, these people are going to think we're like drug addicts. Have you read that thing that said um, every year we swallow eight spiders? I have, but I've also read that it's a load of crap. Because how would anybody even possibly know? No, that? you have to. And it happens regardless. So, like, let's say you've only swallowed one. On December 31st, seven go into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's the law. <laughs> Has everybody had their, their yearly spider intake? <laughs> Pet stores are like selling a, out. It sounds like an NR, NRMA insurance ad. What you know, they always try to get these days. Like, July 1st, check for faulty wires day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> December thirty first. Have you had your eight spiders? <laughs> it's illegal if you haven't. Ask Place a friend. Thousand dollar fine. <laughs> Ask a friend if they have any spiders going spare. <laughs> Sick. 
did you hear i'm not i think i probably told you about this but um it's just because you're talking about swallowing spiders um i would usually <laughs> get really scared about you know eating a bug i actually once had a fly fly in my nose oh fuck no in your nose in my nose and my first instinct was to just like press and like i stuck my finger in my nose because like, ah! and i stick my finger in and i crush the spider i let you pull my finger out and there's like two legs spider or fly what did i say fly yeah what did i say the second spider. time no sorry fly i don't know why i said spider imagine that dude yeah gross no fly flies in my nose stick my finger in i pull out i just see two legs i'm like oh no the rest of the fly is still up there and i just like oh, dude i had like spider wing and spider body and he's saying green. spider again i mean why i said spider <laughs> fly 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 sounds like one of those nose spiders yeah fuck it out it was so sick and um it was just about this it was this kid in india who <laughs> ate some food what's that funny <laughs> That's a good way to start the story. Why is that funny? Because it's going to be some crazy shit. <laughs> India's pretty wild. It is. India looks nuts. All right, what happens to this Indian child? So this kid, he was Poor super... Indian boy. He was, he was super malnourished. And he ate a piece of food that he found in the garbage. Now, there was some maggots this in is this particular lie. food. I swear on my life you can go and find this online. And he, there was some... Like, the food was a little bit decomposed... Um, and then had like a few maggots in that he swallowed. Now, normally if that had to happen to you or me, um, we have very strong stomach acids and stomach acids work really well to destroy a lot. And this kid did not have that because he was so malnourished. So the food sits in his stomach. The maggots breed. Ah, oh, this is not true. It, it is. The maggots breed in his belly. Okay. Eventually he's like, Whoa, I don't, I, like, what's that noise? He starts hearing... Fuck off! In his stomach, okay? The Then the flies want to come out, so they start exploring his body. <laughs> and eventually... No! He pees out flies. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. It's true! That's not true. Why is that unbelievable? <laughs> That's not how the human body works. Of course it is. In what universe does that not work? I'm going to type in... Indian boy pees flies. That's not true, Sheldon. You okay, know let's see. True. If I find it, right? Um, Snopes. Can't... Okay, Snopes, fact check. So it's going to tell me, okay, did an Indian boy experience a rare condition in which flies emerged from his groin? Is it true or false? It's undetermined. Status undetermined. So, but, but apparently his name is Chandan Gwazmi, a 13-year-old. Suffered from a thing, um, a condition described called my myiasis, the larva of a type of fly. Man, myiasis is the deposit suffering today. The mucous membrane, the hatched larva then emerge out of the host's skin and pupate. Anyway, so it it might be real, but it's it's undetermined. And normally, Snopes, if it's false, Snopes would say false. But it doesn't say true either. So it could Our friends away. at Snopes would know. So to be honest, I think I should get that as being right. I don't know, man. Snopes. Dude, weird things have happened, man. Oh, that's ridiculous. I think on that note, we should leave the crazy stories for the next podcast, I think, Sheldon. We gotta we gotta how can I follow that? Alright, good sir. Alright. Do you want to end it or are we just... 
<laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening. It feels really good to be back. We'll see you guys in the next. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We're gonna play. Let's play fake friends to end off the podcast. Oh yeah, do you guys wanna wanna hear a little sneak peek of our, put a, of our put first a snippet, single? A little sneakle. All right, guys. Put it thirty seconds. So th- this is our upcoming song, fake friends. And don't click away just yet. I'm just gonna play 20, 30 seconds of the best bit of the song. And if you like what you hear, we're only asking you to do one thing. That's it. Just one thing to show your support of the Wild Podcast, of Sheldon, of myself. Send us Bitcoin. (laughs) The one thing is, um, if you're listening to this before July 10th, you can actually pre-save the song. And pre-save's this new thing. Uh, Some people are familiar with it. Other people aren't. Basically... You go to your streaming service of choice and you can say to save the song if you like what you hear. And then on July 10th, when you go in the car or when you open that streaming service, it automatically plays and it shows you like, hey, you saved the song, it's out now, you can listen to it. And like, without even thinking about it, you can listen to Fake Friends the minute it launches on your Spotify, on your Apple Music, it's really cool. So we'll put the pre-save link into the screen the description of this podcast and that's all you have to do follow that link and it's all there for you yeah and it's a pretty good song um i'd rate it a solid you know what would you rate it you gotta say 10 out of 10 Sheldon. oh don't be silly dude it's like you know it's a pretty good like six out of ten i'd say <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking it's a fan it's a great song to introduce our sounds to the world so if you like what you hear it would mean the world to us if you could just follow that pre-save link and show support on July 10th. Yeah. I had a, like my, one of my new bosses at work has got really nice hands and I wanted to tell him that, but then I thought it would be weird. We'll talk about, we'll talk about that next (laughs) podcast about Sheldon's boss's lovely hands. For now, enjoy Fake Friends. I'm making money while I'm just sitting here with nothing Well, I'm just waiting for my time to come But it feels like it's never gonna happen Cause you know me better than my fake friends I don't need nice cars, I won't buy into the trends Why do they keep pressuring me? That's not my scene, that's not who I want Cause you 